chapter fifty nine of the maid of scar this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org the maid of scar by r d blackmore chapter fifty nine in a rocky bower i never hear of a man's impatience without sagely reflecting upon the rapid flight of time when age draws on and business thickens and all the glory of this world must soon be left behind us from the date of my great catch of fish and landing of bardie at pool taven to the day of my guiding the british fleet betwixt the shoals of syracuse more than sixteen years had passed and scarce left time to count them therefore it was but a natural thing that the two little maidens with whom i began should now be grown up and creating a stir in the minds of young men of the neighbourhood early in this present month of july that northwest breeze which was baffling our fleet off the coast of anatolia was playing among the rocks of scar with the curls and skirts and ribbons of these two fair young damsels or rather with the ribbons of one for bunny alone wore streamers wherein her heart delighted while the maid of scar was dressed as plainly as if she had been her servant not that her inborn love of brightness ever had abandoned her but that her vanities were put down quite arrogantly by master burkrolls whenever she came back from candleston and but for her lessons in music there which were beyond roger's compass he would have raised his voice against her visits to the good colonel for the old man's heart was entirely fixed upon the graceful maiden and his chief anxiety was to keep her out of the way of harm he knew that the colonel loved nothing better as behooved his lineage than true and free hospitality and he feared that the simple and nameless girl might set her affections on some grand guest who would scorn her derelict origin now she led bunny into a cave or rather a snug little cove of rock which she always called her cradle and where she had spent many lonely hours in singing pure welsh melodies of the sweetest sadness feeling a love of the desert places from her own desertion then down she sat in her chair of stone with limpets and barnacles studying it while bunny in the established manner bounced down on a pebble and gazed at her my son's daughter was a solid girl very well built as our family is and raking most handsomely fore and aft her fine black eyes and abiding colour and the modesty inherited from her grandfather and some reflection perhaps of his fame made her a favourite everywhere and any grandfather might well have been proud to see how she carried her dress off the younger maid sat right above her quite as if nature had ordered it so and drew her skirt of home-spun camlet over her dainty feet because the place was wet and chilly and anybody looking must have said that she was born to grace the clear outlines of oval face and delicate strength of forehead were moulded as by nature only can such dainty work be done 
gentle pride and quiet moods of lonely meditation had deepened and subdued the radiance of the large grey eyes and changed the dancing mirth of childhood into soft intelligence and it must have been a fine affair with the sunshine glancing on the breezy sea to take a look at the lights and shadows of so clear a countenance bunny like a frigate riding doused her head and all her outworks forward of the bends and then hung fluttering and doubtful just as if she had missed stays it is not your engagement my dear bunny began delushy as if she were ten years the senior officer you must not suppose for a moment that i object to your engagement it is time of course for you to think among so many suitors of some one to put up with especially after what you told me about having toothache and watkin is thoroughly good and kind and able to read quite respectably but what i blame you for is this that you have not been straightforward bunny why have you kept me in the dark about this one of your many sweetheartings as you always call them and for sure miss then i never did no such thing unless it was that i thought you was wanting him i you surely cannot have thought it i want watkin thomas well miss you need not fly out like that all the girls in newton was after him and if it wasn't you as wanted him it might be him as wanted you which comes to the same thing always i don't quite think that it does dear bunny though you may have made it do so now look up and kiss me dear you know that i love you very much though i have a way of saying things and then i'm longing to beg pardon when i have vexed any one it comes of my noble birth i suppose which the girls of newton laugh about how i wish that i were but the child of the poorest good man in the parish but now i am tired of thinking of it what good ever comes of it and what can one poor adam matter you are not a poor adam you are the best and the cleverest and most learnedest and most beautifulest lady as ever was seen in the whole of the land after or rather in the middle of which words our bunny with her usual vigour and true national ardour leaped into the arms of delushy so that they had a good cry together you will wait of course for your granny to come before you settle anything will i indeed cried that wicked bunny and lucky for her that i was not there i shall do nothing of the sort if he chooses to be always away at sea conquering the french for ever and never coming home when he can help it he must make up his mind to be surprised when he happens to come home again for sure then that is right enough well it does seem almost reasonable answered the young lady and i think sometimes that we have no right to expect so much as that of things it is not what they often do and so they lose the habit of it i do not quite understand said bunny and i don't half understand said bardie but oh my dear what shall i do he is coming this way i am sure and i would not have you know anything of it and of course you must feel that it is all nonsense and i did not mean any harm about courting only you ought to be out of the way and yet at the same time in it our bunny was such a slow-witted girl and at the same time so particular inheriting slowness from her good mother and conscience from third generation that really she could make no hand at meeting such a crisis for now she began to perceive gold lace which alone discomfits the woman race and sets their minds going upon what they love and so she did very little else but stare i did think you would have helped me bunny delushy cried with aggrievement i wanted to hear your own affairs of course but i would not have brought you here young ladies well met cried as solid a voice as the chops of the channel had ever tautened 
i knew that you were here and so i came down to look after you sure then sir and i do think that it is very kind of you we was just a-wanting looking after oh what a fish i do see in that pool please only you now both to keep back i shall be back again now just sir with these words away flew bunny as if her life were set on it what a fine creature to be sure said commander bluett thoughtfully she reminds me so much of her grandfather there is something so strongly alike between them in their reckless outspoken honour as well as in the turn of the nose they have let us follow and admire her a little more cried delushy she deserves it as you say and perhaps well perhaps she likes it young rodney looked at her a little while and then at the ground a little while because he was a stupid fellow as concerns young women he thought this one such a perfect wonder as may well be said of all of them then those two fenced about a little out of shot of each other's eyes there was no doubt between them as to the meaning of each other but they both seemed to think it wise to have a little bit of vexing before doing any more and thus they looked at one another as if there was nothing between them and all the time how they were longing i must have yes or no for rodney could not outlast the young lady yes or no you know what i mean i am almost always at sea and to-morrow i start to join nelson with him there is no play-work i hope to satisfy him though i know what he is to satisfy but i hope to do it of course you will delushy answered you seem to give great satisfaction almost everywhere i am sure do i give it you proud creature where i long to give it most how can i pretend to say without being told in what latitude even as i think your expression is this amiable desire lies as if you did not know delushy as if i did know captain bluett and another thing i am not to be called delushy much in that way very well then much in another way delushy delushy delicious delushy what makes you so unkind to me to-morrow i go away and perhaps we shall never meet again delushy and then how you would reproach yourself don't you think you would now when never and then come together yes i suppose all sailors talk so if i cannot even talk to please you there is nothing more to say i think that the bards have turned your head with their harpings and their fiddle-strings and ballads in very bad welsh no doubt about the charming maid of scar and so on when you are old enough to know better and the young conceit wears out of you you may be sorry miss andalusia for your wonderful cleverness he made her a bow with his handsome hat and her warm young heart was chilled by it surely he ought to have shaken hands she tried to keep her own meaning at home and bid him farewell with a curtsey while he tried not to look back again but fortune or nature was too much for them and their eyes met wistfully these things are out of my line so much that i cannot pretend to say now for a moment what these very young people did and everybody else having done the same with more or less unwisdom according to constitution may admire the power of charity which restrains me from describing them my favourite writer of scripture is st paul who was afraid of nobody and who spent his time in making sails when the thorn in the flesh permitted him and this great writer describes the quick manners of maidens far better than i can wherefore i keep myself up aloft until they have had a good spell of it i have no opinion now what can you expect of me rodney i must stop and think for nearly a quarter of a century before i have an opinion then stay just so and let me admire you till i have to swim with you rodney you are reckless 
here comes the tide and you know i have got my very best candleston side lace boots on then come out of this rocky bower which suits your fate so darling and let us talk most sensibly by all means if you think we can there you need not touch me rodney i can get out very well indeed i know these rocks better than you do perhaps now sit on this rock where old david first hooked me as i have heard that old chatterbox tell fifty times as if he had done some great great thing he did indeed a grand grand thing no wonder that he is proud of it and he has so much to be proud of that you may take it for your highest compliment perhaps there is no other man in the service or i might say in all the civilized world but it hurts me to tell what this excellent officer said or even thought of me he was such a first-rate judge by this time that i must leave his opinion blank over the sea they began to look in a discontented quietude as the manner of young mortals is before they begin to know better and with great ideas moving them bunny with the very kindest discretion had run away entirely and might now be seen at the far end of the sands and springing up the rocks on her way to newton so those two sat side by side with their hearts full of one another and their minds made up to face the world together whatever might come of it for as yet they could see nothing clearly through the warm haze of loving being wrapped up in an atmosphere which generally leads to a hurricane but to them for a few short minutes earth and sea and sky were all one universal heaven it will not do cried the maid of scar suddenly awaking with a short deep sigh and drawing back her delicate hand from the broad palm of young rodney it will never never do we must both be mad to think of it who could fail to be mad he answered if you set the example now don't be so dreadfully stupid rodney what i say is most serious of course you know the world better than i do as you told me yesterday after sailing a dozen times round it but i am thinking of other things not of what the world will say but of what i myself must feel and the first of these things is that i cannot be cruelly ungrateful it would be the deepest ingratitude to the colonel if i went on with it went on with it what a way to speak as if you could be off with it when you pleased and my good uncle loves you like his own daughter and so does my mother now what can you mean as if you did not know indeed now rodney do talk sensibly i ought to know if any one does what your uncle and your mother are and i know that they would rather see your death in the gazette than your marriage with an unknown nameless nobody like me sir well of course we must take the chance of that said captain bluett carelessly the colonel is the best soul in the world and my dear mother a most excellent creature whenever she listens to reason but as to my asking their permission it is the last thing i should dream of i am old enough to know my own mind and to get my own living i should hope as well as that of my family and if i am only in time with nelson of course we shall do wonders for a minute or two the poor young maid had not a word to say to him she longed to throw her arms around him when he spoke so proudly and to indulge her own pride in him as against all the world beside but having been brought up in so much trouble she had learned to check herself so that she did nothing more than wait for him to go on again and this he did with sparkling eyes and the confidence of a young british tar there is another thing my beauty which they are bound to consider as well as all the prize money i shall earn and that is that they have nobody except themselves to thank for it they must have known what was sure to happen if they chose to have you there whenever i was home from sea and my mother is so clever too to my mind it is plain enough that they meant me to do what i have done 
and pray what is that as if you did not know come now you must pay the penalty of asking for a compliment talk about breeding and good birth and that stuff why look at your hands and then look at mine put your fingers between mine both hands both hands that's the way now just feel my great clumsy things and then see how lovely yours are as clear as wax tapers and just touched with rose and every nail with a fairy gift and pointed like an almond a nameless nobody indeed what nameless nobody ever had such nails by way of contrast examine mine oh but you bite yours shockingly rodney i'm sure that you do though i never saw you you must be cured of that dreadful trick that shall be your first job delushy when you are mrs rodney now for another great sign of birth do you see any peak to my upper lip no i can't say i do but how foolish you are i ought to be crying and you make me laugh then just let me show you the peak to yours honour bright and no mean advantages that is to say if i can help it oh here's that blessed moxie coming may the frenchman rob her hen-roost now just one promise darling darling just one little promise to-morrow i go to most desperate battles and lucky to come home with one arm and one leg therefore promise a solemn promise to have no one in the world but me i think said the maid with her lips to his ear in the true old coaxing fashion that i may very well promise that but i will promise another thing too and that is not to have even you until your dear mother and good uncle come to me and ask me and that can never never be End of chapter fifty nine